Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. My guest today is a business designer and developer, a consultant, an entrepreneur, a writer, author, speaker, father. Maybe I should stop with that one. <laughs> that would be fine. Because yeah. that one's kind of cool, right? <laughs> yeah. This is Love Brett it. Walker. Say hello, Brett. Hi. How's everyone? <laughs> I'm so glad you joined me here today. Thanks for having me, Paul. We just had a nice lunch meeting, too, and that's why I added the father thing, because you and I got to talking about our families a little bit and catching up. We have a very similar constellation in our families. Yeah, the important stuff, right? So, yeah. Well, right. You've worked with a lot of businesses to help them create what you call velocity. Yeah. Can you tell us what that means in your mind? You know, people grow, right? And with Mm -hmm. growth, there's sort of the trajectory of growth, but there's also the pace. So you might be shooting for the stars, but the question is, what's it going to take to get there? And can you get there faster rather than slower? Mm. And it's not about, can you get there faster so that you experience stretch marks galore and find yourself, you know, outgrowing everything and frustrated with that. But most of the time... um, Businesses are capable of having more velocity than they currently are experiencing. And, mm-hmm. and they, they crave velocity. I think we do that in our personal lives, too, where we just want things to pick up yes. a little bit. Maybe it's happiness that we're after, or in the case of businesses, it's the results of business, uh, mm-hmm. achieving their cause, their purposes, revenue objectives, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's figuring out those two or three or four things to unlock that capacity that uh, is my focus. Right. Uh, and I, from what I know about you and the conversations we've had, you've really given a lot of thought to what patterns of thought or belief keep us stuck. And if we could get out of our own way, what could we really accomplish? Yeah. So obviously that doesn't apply just to business, but I think, I think what you've learned on that front can easily be applied also to relationships and to our own personal life, you know, where we sometimes get stuck mm-hmm. in something. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, it's not my favorite saying, but it seems so true of much of my life, and I'm not gonna, going to... Um, impose that view on everyone else, but mm-hmm. a lot of times I sort of get in my own way, um, right. keep myself stuck. So if I can get that stuff resolved and get out of my own way, mm-hmm. and that could be true of businesses. Um, I think you mentioned that I work with people who struggle with addictions as well in a church kind of setting. Right. And so that sense of being stuck and being really in my own way is uh, probably the greatest blind spot that I like to try to tackle, get into that space of, so what is what is the stuckness coming from? Mm-hmm. Um, how am I? And I say, how am I? Because it's way easier to speak that than to say, how are you stuck? Or how are you in your own way? That's pretty critical. But uh. you know, we have to get into that space at some point. 
But the friendliest starting point is to say, how am I in my own way? And uh, how can I? How can I break out of that? Well, that's so, that's so safe too, Brett, because we all are in some way, in our own way. Yeah. I, I believe that that is true. I believe that it's universal. So it's okay to say, you know, how am I stuck? And then how might that relate to other people that I yeah. could assist? Well, there's the platitude, you know, the definition of an insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Different outcome. And no one right. wants to be described as insane. So I'm in my own way as a slightly safer version of that. And, <laughs> you know, and then, and then getting to a place of, of identifying a reference point of where I want to go to mm-hmm. and accepting reality for where I am today and then starting to address that gap between where I am and where I want to get. Uh, obviously, you know, there are universes of possibilities uh, around how to solve problems once you've squared, uh, framed them up that way. Right. So you've identified some principles, some common factors that apply in this arena. Yeah. Walk us through that a little bit, would you? Well, so let's go at it personally, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, not that I don't want to I love give... that, Brett, because I'm a psychologist. I work with people on that <laughs> level all the time. And it's also the place where you have to start if you want to do something to increase the velocity in your business. Yeah. Well, you, you, uh, you know, you're looking straight in my eyes, so I feel a little profiled as we do this. But I'll try to, ah. I'll try to go into a, yeah, I'll look a, a away. The, <laughs> try to, yeah, look away. Um, you know, one of the, one of the best principles that I've learned, um, I call it the Lenny effect, uh, that people struggle with, and this mm. comes from John Steinbeck's famous book of Mice and Men. And in that book is a right. character named Lenny. He's a big guy. He's kind of. Um, learning impaired, a yeah, bit. challenged mm-hmm. in some way. Uh, yeah, but rather than profiling him too much, we'll just talk about what he does. And okay. he walks along and picks up field mice as he sees them, and he just loves these little mice. I don't know how he catches them because they're too fast for me, but not for him. And and he keeps them in his pocket and and rubs them and enjoys them, and then you know ultimately looks at one in his hand that has died because of his too much love and too, too much, much care, care and. And so I found that sometimes we cling to things. We have habits. We have uh, businesses have patterns um, committed to certain objectives, but not seeing outside of those, getting out of the box, so to speak. Uh, so many organizations, if you walk in, you'll immediately, uh, you can hear if you ask the question, so how do things work around here? Mm-hmm. A version of that Lenny effect. And Especially with closely held organizations where the founders are running the company and have for years and years, not to be critical, but sometimes those patterns are pretty deep set. And we can read the book about right. Lenny and go, got it, see it. But we walk mm-hmm. into an organization or if you had someone walk into your home and say, what's the Lenny effect in your personal life, in your family life, in your business life? Um, I'm not sure that even Lenny could have described what the effect of his habits were. But as right. readers, we can all see it. And so that's sort of the perspective I, I like to try to bring to these situations is to say, so what's, what am I seeing or what, what could be discussed that might break people out of those patterns mm-hmm. and bring back a, a sense of momentum and generate additional velocity? They may be enjoying great momentum. The question mm-hmm. is, can you, can you double it, triple it, 
and uh, well, there's always something better. Yeah, and not to be dissatisfied with the present, right? But the challenge of growth uh, yes. is a great opportunity. Well, and I'm smiling about that, Brett, because uh, the model that I've designed around positive psychology has to do with two modes. There's evaluation mode, and there's mm-hmm. creation mode. And it's okay to imagine something better, because what are you going to go create? Yeah. Well, something better would be nice. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to create something. <laughs> and and yet, in evaluation mode, if we compare ourselves to something better, we feel worse about where we are. So it's not for that purpose. It's for the purpose of giving us a template, something that we can work toward. Yeah. And it, what's awesome, in my opinion, is whether it's an individual, to start with from the position of, you know, you are loved. You have a God who loves you. Who He'll take you mm-hmm. always as you are. doesn't mean that he wouldn't want to work with that a little bit. Apply that same thought to a business. It's kind of too easy to walk into a company or, again, another person's life and say, uh, there's a mess here. Mm. But the better place to start from is look at the success you've enjoyed. Look at where you are. Congratulations on getting to this place. Let's talk about a vision for the future. To your point, that's a far more positive approach than to beat people up for the the minor things that really have contributed to the success that they they've enjoyed to that point. Right. So when we see, and we don't always see it, you're talking about this Lenny effect. When we see that we're killing the mouse, then that's obvious. You can do something about that as you accept and wrap your head around that process. We don't always see it, though. Mm-hmm. And, and Lenny in the story was not trying to create that particular outcome. He was just coming from a place of, I like these little guys. Yeah. Right? So what would you suggest? Where do you go if, if you're not even aware of it yet? Well, I think you've taught me this, that there are not just more people in the world that I don't know than I do know. There are more mm. ideas out there that I don't know than I do know. Um, I might have gathered a lot of good ideas in my life, but um, I think that the hardest thing for most of us to do is to go to a place of saying, is, is there help? Could I get some help? You know, people who mm-hmm. struggle with, with this kind of Lenny effect in their personal lives could often get to a place of saying, this isn't working for me. Um, in the 12-step tradition, right. so going really into a different world, mm-hmm. um, the first step is to admit that your life has become unmanageable. Now, that doesn't mean that it's bad. It's just not getting the results that you want it to. And maybe not in every room in the house, but maybe it's just your kitchen that's not getting the results you want it to get. Mm-hmm. Um, often we find that you know, the, the results aspect is connected to all of it. But in the case of a business... Um, or a person's life, the simple question of what else can I do or where can I turn for help or do you have any ideas, that that willingness to engage, to be a bit vulnerable is a starting mm-hmm. point. It's, it's a point of honesty. It takes courage. Um, Brene Brown, a great author, talks a lot yes. about courage in that form, being willing to be vulnerable and, mm-hmm. and uh, open your heart a little bit to those possibilities. And right. So... Oddly, business is not outside of the therapeutic realm um, in the same way that an owner 
a founder, a really, really smart, successful man or woman can still say, what can I do now? How do I take it somewhere? That feels a little risky. It does. Because of that vulnerability factor. And we're not proud of our weaknesses. We're just not. In fact, this is something I like about your book. I haven't mentioned this yet, Brett, but you authored a book called Arise with an exclamation point. That kind of suggests some velocity too, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Arise. And this book, folks, is, is a parable, really. You've read, and you know what? I've found that a lot of my favorite business or personal development books are written in this kind of a format. It's a parable. It's a story because you can wrap your head around it. And in this story, there's a man who is in that position. The Lenny effect is showing up in his life. It's having some unwanted effects. And he has to get out of his own way to start addressing this in a way that is actually more helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the exclamation point, I could have just put that as the title, but it's hard to say what that is, right? The symbol. <laughs> just the exclamation point. But, uh, but, you know, the idea, the invitation to arise is one to say, do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, we all often have our own idea of what would work if we could just pull it together. And um, right. we, we sort of say to our friends and family, coulda, woulda, shoulda, or right, I wish this right. were different. And, and sometimes that makes today wrong, right? So if mm-hmm. you are always saying, well, I wish, then, then you're not accepting today very well. Right. Um, the, the part of this story that I like the most is when this, uh, the, the character's reflecting on the story uh, of Christ healing the man at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5 of the mm-hmm. New Testament, where mm-hmm. uh, this man has been by the pool for 38 years, maybe, I don't know, he's had the infirmity that long. In Carl Block's painting, it looks like he's set up pretty well by that pool. He's got a melon mm-hmm. and some gourds and a knife and a tent. And yet he's only like a foot or two from the pool that supposedly, you know, when it percolates, you're the first one in, you get healed. But he's not been able to pull that off. And he has in his mind, a, I'm going to get into the pool and that's going to change me. And mm-hmm. uh, the Savior of the world walks up and says, um, man, wilt thou be healed? And he says, well, I I don't have anyone who can put me in the pool. I'm in my own way. I've got my own Mm -hmm. idea of how this healing is going to take place. The Savior's words to him were, rise. Mm -hmm. Then he added a few more, take up thy bed and walk. But his invitation was, we're going to go out the door, not into the pool. We're going to do something completely different. Something you you hadn't thought of before. Yep. And it, it can be a little surprising sometimes what those principles are. Folks, as we come back from this this break, we'll dig into what some of those principles are and maybe how we can get out of our own way a little bit better. This is Brett Walker at Live On Purpose Radio. Hi, my name is Chris Crone, and thank you for listening to Live On Purpose Radio. I became financially independent, starting from nothing, by the age of 26. My purpose is to financially liberate the captive. Are you searching for a realistic proven system in real estate to create enough residual income to retire or fund your dreams? I invite you to learn about a passive turnkey proven system and approach to real estate where my team of 200 experts can do all the heavy lifting to create the freedom you're searching for. Visit www.liveonpurpose.strongbrook.com to get a free copy of my book, The Straight Path to Real Estate Wealth, 
just enter the code FREE at www.liveonpurpose.strongbrook.com. Welcome back, everyone. Interesting conversation, Brad. Um, you've got my mind just cranking on a few things, and you said some things in the first half today that I think are worth coming back to. We're talking about vulnerability, being willing, really, to acknowledge and accept that there's something weak or something that is kicking my butt a little, and yeah. that's okay. And. <laughs> In fact, it's probably a universal human experience. Would you agree? It, yes, I would. But I, and I think so often our culture, maybe, I don't know what it is. So many forces are at play here to say, you should know how to do this by now. You're 20 years right. old. You're 30 years old. You're however old you are. You should know this. You should have mastered life. Well, you've never been 30 before. Or you've never been mm-hmm. 40 before. You never had children before. We see this with people who are great individual contributors in the workforce and they get promoted to be a team leader or a manager with no training on being a uh-huh. team leader or manager. So your prior experience doesn't always qualify you to know everything about what you're experiencing today. And that's where vulnerability right. can be an asset um, to, to be courageous enough to say, gee, I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you adopt the mentality that there are no stupid questions... You can get there a little right. faster, but even then we can kind of gamify our questions. I'm baiting you to, you know, to, so you, I'm asking you a question because I hope you'll believe that I might actually know the answer. I'm better than you might think I am. Right. But the, we've all had people come to us who have said, um, you know, people come to me, Brett, I don't know how to do this. Um, or mm-hmm. I'm struggling with this in my life, my marriage. You you see this all the time. When people are that honest, you congratulate them. You put your arms around them. You say, right. thank you. And we love that moment um, when others are there. But most of us don't really, I don't enjoy the moment when I have to mm-hmm. sit there and say, oh, I'm stuck and I don't know what to do now. You know um, what, though? The anticipation of it. Mm-hmm. is far worse than the actual experience. Yeah. In fact, in your book, you mentioned this. Now, your book is around a specific context. You mentioned that that you work with people who have addictions, and it's in the context of a 12-step program that's sponsored by the church mm-hmm. where you're providing this service. Um, that's the specific context of this particular story. The principle is far more general. It is. That there's this this anticipation that oh my gosh if I if I put myself in that position it will be awful it will be so embarrassing and so painful and so terrible that we resist going there and we don't access the powerful immense human treasury that surrounds us yeah. because even though you've never been. 20 or 30 or a parent or 50 before other people have they have yeah i had someone ask me once um a simple question Uh, this is kind of a religious question but it was Mm -hmm. um the first question was what's your source of power and Mm -hmm. my my natural response was well me of course because what else what other option do i have right and you know when 
um, everyone looked at me like, why are you saying that? You can't be your own source of power. And I'm like, well, I have to eat and I have to drink. But when it comes to good ideas, it's not just, it's everyone around me. It's the universe. It's um, the forces of this world conspiring for my success. And the second question that was asked was, so who's smarter, you or, or the devil? And I thought, okay, again, well, if I make him smarter, then where does that leave me? And mm-hmm. in a moment of vulnerability, I would have answered, well, he is. But at the time, I said, I thought, um, I guess I probably need to be smarter or else I'm just a big old failure. And so instead, mm-hmm. I said, and I said that. And then again, I, all eyes looked at me and like, you're a doofus. Why did you say that? And Because look at him. He's practiced for you know, thousands of years on millions of individuals. He's got a lot bigger storehouse of how to work people like you than than otherwise. And so take that out of a religious context. In a business context, we know people know how to run the business that they're in. They know how to get the results they're getting. They know what they don't know. Like, I don't know how to run the business that I'm not in. Mm-hmm. But in their own business, in their own organization, there are things that they don't know they don't know. And that's the space that's of vulnerability. Scary, yeah. yeah. Admitting that there's maybe stuff outside of my current understanding and then seeking that is a path to growth. It's the path to learning. Right. It's the path to breakthroughs. You said earlier, there are more people you don't know than people that you do. And there are more things that you don't know than things that you do. Yeah, I think I was quoting you on that. But <laughs> well, we've, and I can't remember who I was quoting. I like what Bob Proctor says about. He says, "I love to to brag about my stuff because none of it's mine." Yeah, that's good. <laughs> because really, where does that knowledge come from? You heard it somewhere. Someone said something that inspired you. But this has been a powerful and impactful idea for you as you've come up against some some roadblocks in your own life. We all have them. And you realize, wait a minute, just because I don't know the answer doesn't mean the answer isn't there. Yeah. Well, and if and, I'm humble enough to reach outside of myself, maybe I'll find it. And in, in my book, I take this character, Ben, through a process, a journey of running into some people. And, and obviously, as a writer, I wanted him to be vulnerable. He's got a crisis on his hands. Right. He's had some bad habits, and his wife has left him and taken their kids for, for the time being, it's not necessarily a permanent change. Mm-hmm. And he's in this moment of, of crisis saying, how honest do I really want to get about this? And he reaches out. And so no matter who it is, no matter what the problem is, reaching out is a great principle. Getting outside of ourselves, turning to another mm-hmm. human being, connecting with someone else and saying, I, can I tell you about my problem? And obviously we want to trust those people and be discerning. Right. Right. Um, and, but he makes a connection and he begins a journey with someone who has walked that path mm-hmm. and who can, who can open his eyes to some of the things he's not seeing and doesn't come at him with a hammer. He comes at him with, with uh, velvet gloves. He handles the situation. This, this guardian, this Tyler character in the book, mm-hmm. he takes him, Ben to a place, a new place that Ben's never seen before, emotionally, spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, and his eyes are beginning to open and as the as he gets started on that journey in that realm that you mentioned the things that he didn't know that he didn't know mm-hmm. and we get we have just enough destructive pride inside of us to know that we know yeah but right? and you know the other aspect of vulnerability so knowing is one piece maybe 
you know, we've all lifted a box that was too big or tried to or move a mattress. Um, it's easier to have a partner when you're doing that. So being willing to be weak when it comes to something big and obvious like a mattress is just a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. But being willing to be weak when it comes to um, how you can increase your business results, sales, or um, how you can get the word out better, or how you can organize um, to make decisions more efficiently, those are the kinds of things that a lot of people say, well, I just must, I have to know that intuitively, naturally, mm-hmm. it, but don't stop to say, well, how would I have arrived at knowledge um, there? They, when they get out of themselves, they're willing to be weak. Um, and I know in my own life when I've done that, I've, I've had, a, had great experiences. In your book and in my life, I've noticed that people show up. When you, when you take that courageous step to be vulnerable... People show up and provide for you something that you didn't know that you didn't have, um, something you didn't know that you didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, these things start to show up for you when you practice that vulnerability. You mentioned Brene Brown. I think she's done some amazing communication in this area and some research that shows the benefits from a mental health standpoint of becoming vulnerable. And that begs another question here. Because if I'm willing to be vulnerable, who's out there that would be willing to be gentle and kind and loving and not judgmental and harsh and they already know everything? So this, I think, helps to inform us. In fact, I think I may have shared this with you before, Brad. I had a guest on my show that my listeners uh, would probably be familiar with, and that's Mary Louise Zeller. Mary Louise is an amazing person in my life who, at the age of, she's in her early 70s now and is a six-degree black belt in Taekwondo. And she told me when I was interviewing her, she said, Paul, the troops aren't coming. We are the troops. (laughs) (laughs) And that is so profound on so many levels. But when you look at it in terms of we are the troops... And there are people out there who need our kindness and our acceptance, just the way we need it from them. Um, that informs us a little bit on how to treat people when yeah. we notice their weakness or their vulnerability. Absolutely. I, I think you know, if you get far enough away from your group of intimate associates, family, friends, and Mm-hmm. Imagine that um, someone you don't know came up to you and said, Paul, I hear you're good at this. I don't, I'm not good at it. Would you take a minute and just tell me how to become good at whatever that is? Mm-hmm. Most of us would say, of course I would do that. You know, I wouldn't brush that person off mm-hmm. uh, because we don't know anything about them. So imagine instead it's your brother or your child or your, your spouse who comes up and says, I'm not good at this. Could you give me a moment? Sometimes what passes through our minds is so much judgment. And not that we're immediately rejecting, Mm -hmm. but we can have thoughts like, you should know how to do this by now. I've known you for a long time. Why don't you know that already? But if we can step back from that and instead say, 
what I want the very most with you is your success. Because there's plenty to go around, right? Right. And instead of saying, I'm jealous of your success, or there's not enough here for all of us, mm-hmm. um, I, I instead turn my attention to you and and approach it. And I think this principle applies in any setting, business or personal life, yes. is when I love those that I'm working with and mm-hmm. I want the best for them, anything can happen. And it's usually good. Um, so I I think that the as I wrote through this, I wrote this book, the, the step that I wanted Ben to feel, the principle I wanted him to feel first is mm-hmm. one he, he feels from this guide, a guy named Tyler. And that yeah. is, Ben says, you know, Tyler says, tell me your story, Ben. And Ben's kind of like, I don't know. And Tyler says, can I tell you a few things I know about you? And immediately goes into a space of, you are loved. You have great potential. Look at all the good things you've already achieved. Not to say, so blow off the bad stuff, but to say, no. let's start with what's good. And then let's work on those rough spots and get, um, some, get, get a plan going of how we can improve that. That's exactly where, again, uh, human institutions, most of them are in that place of being pretty darn good to begin with. The question right. is, how do, you, how do you bring velocity in? How do you... How do you rise in a time when it seems like you've tried everything, perhaps, and now go, maybe there's something I haven't tried. Where am I going to go to find out what that could be? Usually we have to get out of our own way to to find that. So really, I think what you're proposing here is velocity through vulnerability. Yeah. Which sounds a little counterintuitive until you see that... There are more people you don't know than people that you do. Yeah, more ideas. There are more ideas and knowledge that you don't have. And there are people out there who've forgotten way more about the subject you don't know anything about than you'll ever know, right? They just, they're masters at something and they probably have forgotten the simple things that you now um, just need access to a few simple things. You don't need mastery yet. Well, I knew this would be a fun discussion when we started it, Brett. (laughs) And you and I are both philosophical enough that we can have some fun lunch meetings. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, folks, this has been useful for you as well. Brett, before we wrap up here today, um, another plug for your book. It's called Arise by Brett Walker. And there's a foreword by um, Dr. Paul Jenkins. Yeah, really nice guy who... uh... Well, when I read when I read your first uh, the, or the draft that you sent over to me, I thought this is something that has some powerful principles and concepts. People need to know this, and in the specific context that that you address here in this book, it's obvious. But in the greater context of relationships and business and creating velocity in whatever area of of your life you're looking to do that, I think there's some value there. So how can people get a hold of your book? Well, it's available. Uh, the, the publisher of the book is thepurework.org. Uh-huh. Uh, but you can find it on Amazon. You can find it on uh, Barnes & Noble or bn.com. Um, if you look okay. up the word arise, uh, probably put in Brett Walker as well, and you'll cut through a bunch of search results to, and yeah. uh, get there. But it's, it's just freshly out, and uh, you'll, right. you should be seeing more of it in a few other places. Very nice. And thank you for sharing that. Brett, is there anything else you would like to leave our listeners with as kind of a parting thought here? Oh, thanks for that. I, 
first off, um, greatness is available to everybody, and uh, there's just enough of that to, plenty of that to go around. And secondly, um, just know that that there is a God who loves you. I think a lot of times we start from a position of scarcity or feeling punished, but but God and His Son, um, Jesus Christ, are amazing, and they work in every aspect, every domain of life. Um, but their principle, their guiding principle, is love. They were never rejecting. They were there for everyone. They still are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just, I, I had a, a saying that came to mind years ago that uh, when when uh, that says no man sees his shadow who faces the sun, and we get that mm-hmm. right, looking straight into the sun, you are yeah. not going to see darkness, shadows of any kind. Right. Well, I like to spell the sun in this case S O N, and. My experience in life has been when I face Him, the Son of God, all of my darkness goes away. Um, the darkness of whoever mm. I work with has gone away. Even in business, and this is maybe being, uh, mm. you know, pushing too hard at it, but but the magic that can happen in business is is fueled by that that very same power. And uh, mm-hmm. businesses can do amazing things for the lives of their customers when they uh, embrace some of this thinking as well. So, excellent. So, Brett, you're doing what you can to bring velocity to people's lives and their businesses. Thank you for being at Live on Purpose Radio today. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Dr. Paul. It's time, everybody. Go live on purpose. Purpose.